Hey guys and welcome back to It's Your Life and This Is Mine, the podcast with your host Charlotte Emily Price. Today we have a guest coming on to speak about psychosis and how it has affected them. Um, So how are you? Do you want to introduce yourself? So hi, I'm Fanola, I'm 21 years old and today I'm going to be talking about psychosis as Charlotte said and how it affected me and impacted me and just sort of how I'm doing now with it really. Amazing, so before we get into it, I have got a Google definition of what comes up when you type in psychosis. So it says, psychosis is when people lose some contact with reality. This might involve seeing or hearing things that other people cannot see or hear hallucinations and believing things that are not actually true, delusions. Do you think that's an accurate definition for you? Yes, I think so, yeah, because I actually had some of those things as well. Like, at the height of it, when it was really, really bad and, like, really severe, I had, like, loads of hallucinations, loads of delusions. Like, I'd think somebody was in the room, I'd turn around, they're not there, but you think they're real, you think they're there because it's just in your brain and controlling you. That's how bad it can actually get. So I had loads of those, yeah, and they were pretty bad, yeah, when it was severe so that is very accurate I would say yeah (laughs) because sometimes when you type stuff in like this on google they just make it really generalized or yeah yeah it's it's not yeah or it's not very accurate or it's not like whatever yeah yeah but that that is very accurate because I've like lived through it and gone through it so I can tell you that you do get those things when it's really bad (laughs) when did you notice that you had psychosis or that you were experiencing this um you know it was quite late actually because I had it I think for a while but because I was like 16 17 you don't really notice you just think oh I'm having an off day or you know school's been rough or something somebody said this to me you know that type of thing you don't realize you're actually experiencing like a really severe condition you just think oh I'm not okay today and you just carry on like with me I was like that for ages I was in denial that I was actually suffering from anything for about two years and it it started from well officially from about 2017 to about 2019 2020 but I would say that I had loads of symptoms before that that we didn't know about we didn't know like my parents they didn't know they're just normal parents you know they they were concerned they were a bit worried but because we didn't know about psychosis or any of these other conditions we couldn't diagnose it we didn't know we just thought oh you know she's you know going through a rough patch but she'll get through it type of thing you know how it is you know it's kind of like you don't recognize it because you've not got the training or the knowledge you just kind of think oh you know, I'm a bit down today, I'll just carry on, I'll be better tomorrow, that type of thing. It's not kind of, you don't think, oh, I urgently need to seek medical help because, you you know, you just, you don't know anything about it. Like, it's, it's a weird one. And because I was so young as well and vulnerable, you just think, oh, it's a teenage thing. You know, you think, oh, everybody will have those things. When actually, for me, it was very, very different and actually really quite bad. Like, in 2017, it was so bad that I was just like confused all the time it was a bit like um oh like uh, schizophrenia but for I always say it's a bit like schizophrenia but for younger people because like usually you think schizophrenia is like older people and like dementia and that type of thing um but yeah it's it's got links to that because you're just like permanently confused and lost and isolated you know you think you see things or hear things and it's so dark as well like it's such a 
a lonely, isolating condition. I think people don't realise how bad mental health issues actually can be, especially when you're young, you're scared, you don't know what's happening. You know, you think, you like I thought, I wasn't going to get through this in 2017 when it's really bad because you don't see light at the end of the tunnel at all. You literally, you just think, oh, I'm, you know, I'm not going to get through this, you know, and it takes over, it consumes you as well. So it's, it's just awful. It's, it's the worst thing. Like that's part of the reason why I wanted to sort of come on today and just sort of talk to people, just sort of to like raise awareness as well for it, because like with me, like it took ages to get professional help as well. And I would just hate for anybody else to have to literally be there for two years or four years or however long and not get the help because it, it's debilitating. You know, you, it took so much away from me as well. Like friends, I lost contact with loads of high school friends, all of that, you know, family. I was disconnected from people. I wanted to be in my room, locked away, not doing anything, not talking to people because I thought, well, if I've got this, I need to face this on my own type of thing. You know, I had that mindset when actually I know now that if I, you know, if there had been more awareness or if I would have been taught it in school or if somebody had said, if you feel really low or lost, talk to somebody, you know, that is the key, key thing here. But I also know it's hard to do that when you've got the condition. So I know both sides of it, but I would really encourage people to just literally, even if you think, oh, I'll be all right tomorrow, even if you feel bad on that day, please, please just talk to somebody or write it in a journal that somebody can find or you know call a friend call your granny call whoever you know whoever you rely on or trust just call them and they can then relay it on to parents or somebody else like you don't have to be doing the big talk about you think you're really sick or you think you're coming down with something or you think you've got the psychosis you can pass it on and then they can do the work so that's the other thing as well because people think that they have to do all of that big responsibility and the big sit down talk you don't have to at all because you're going through enough already with with the with the psychosis you know you, you don't have to put more pressure on yourself to then have this big conversation explaining to loved ones that you're unwell, because I know how hard that can be as well. You don't want to worry them. You don't want to put stress on them, but also you want people to know. So it's a bit of a double-edged sword, really. You know, it's that type of thing. Um, but I'm just saying it because for me, it took ages to get help. And I just, I would really not, you know, not like that to happen to anybody else, because for me, it got very, very bad. And you know, I'm really hoping that this in some form of way helps other people just even just to recognise that they're going through something, you know, even if it's not them seeking help, even if they just recognise, well, actually, I experienced some of those things that Fanola has said, you know, even if it's just that anything, if people take anything from this, then I'll be I'll be happy, you know, it's I don't I don't need any, you know, praise or a 100 DMs or anything. I just I want people to recognise, you know, that, like, yeah, it's it's okay to ask for help, but it's okay that you're experiencing this as well, 
because I have and I've lived through it and like they're not the only one like you're not on your own is the other thing because I felt like I was literally the only 16 year old girl that had psychosis because you do you you don't you don't realize that actually mental health issues are so so common now there's probably I don't know the stat but there's like one in I would say I don't know however many people um would would have it and it's with me as well because you know I wasn't sort of um like openly bleeding or injured they were just kind of like well you're okay then and it's like well no I'm not because if you looked in my brain if you saw me act on a on a a day at home when I had the psychosis you'd know but actually it's a very different story do you know what I mean but because because you're not openly showing signs of distress in the same way that you would if you broke your leg you won't get that help because there's not enough awareness about mental health you see like where I'm coming from like I don't I don't want to sort of drop any anybody in it but I'm just sort of saying like I just think that there should be basically just more awareness, you know, just about mental health, especially in young people. Because for me, I was quite young. I was probably 15, 16, and it probably finished when I was about 18. I was in recovery probably by 18. But if you think that's a massive amount of time to be struggling and be, you know, just lost and alone. And it was it was a really dark time as well, like a really sort of, a, a big low point for me as well you know I'd never experienced anything like it at all I didn't know what was going on you know and I wish that I did know I wish that there was more you know emphasis on on mental health because I really feel it's important not just because I've lived through it but because you know like in a lot of schools and things the big focus is ac- academics you know like you know becoming a doctor or becoming a teacher and if you're not sort of doing that if you're not scoring straight A's you know I just feel like there's there's not as much attention there for those people that are maybe more middling ground or don't really like school or it's not for them there's no kind of I don't know it's just a very pressurized system um and I know that because my education has been largely mainstream now I'm in a a very nice um, FE college, but for years I was in a very pressurised mainstream system with a lot of other high-achieving, high-performing people. And because, you know, I wasn't performing as high as them, I was still bright and I could still do well, but because I wasn't performing at the same level as them, it... I just felt like I was sort of missed off sometimes, you know, like you'd be in a class with 29 other children and because I wasn't putting my hand up, you know, every time or contributing as much as them, I would just sort of get a bit sort of, you know, left out and they'd think, oh, you know, she behaves well, she's fine type of thing. Whereas actually if there would have been somebody that sort of said, you know, how are you doing? you know how are you actually doing are you are you finding this hard are you struggling you know what areas do you like if there had been somebody that would have checked in a bit more the main point here I'm rambling a bit now but the main point here is just like if I think there should be more people in schools or at least brought into schools to talk to people just about you know mental health and and teaching them to check in with themselves actually 
because if they're not going to do it for them, get the young person to check with themselves. That actually might be more proactive because then they won't, rely, they won't need to rely on somebody else. It's just them. So they can say, well, how am I actually doing? They need to have that as a question because it's always, how are you? Oh, I'm fine, thanks. And that's it then, you know. Like, there should be more of a focus on depicting how that child really is. And then that's that's where you get the core of the problem. That's where you that's how you find the mental health issue. Because it's 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 that word that they'll say. So they might say, I don't know, um, they might say depressed, they might say anxious, they might say worried, and you would know then that's the start of whatever the problem is. Uh, okay then why are you feeling like that you know has something happened do you see what I mean so then you can go from there and then find out the problem rather than just saying how are you oh I'm fine thanks because they'll think they've answered the question that's fine move on you know there's no kind of big focus there about what the genuine feeling is that's another big thing sorry I rambled a bit there but uh, I just have a lot to say on the actual topic so I I don't want to like cut myself short and just sort of be like you know just answering with one line because I really really feel strongly about wanting this to help people so I'm just kind of like you know I'm just going to be carrying on (laughs) I think it's it's nice that you are so passionate about it like you can definitely tell and I feel like from your chat just then I realize that school is such an uncomfortable space to talk about mental health and I feel like that should be something that the government is prioritizing and making schools a safe space to discuss mental health and to like educate people absolutely yes yeah yeah 100% I think because especially in mainstream that is the big area that they need to focus on yeah if anybody is listening they need to you know let teachers and let let people know that's how it you know how it could happen you know word of mouth so if some a young child hears this podcast or a 16 year old they could then say to my teacher oh miss or sir I heard this you know and it was talked about that they think you know they want the government to have a a bigger focus on educating mental health in schools and then they could tell their friend you know and it kind of escalates that's how it could you know it could work but yeah absolutely because mainstream I always think is a bit of a breeding ground for a lot of problems like a lot of the sort of bullying a lot of like harassment you know different things I feel like that's like the center of it there because the system is so pressurized you're in a box you're in a category you know if you're really bright you're an a star student if you're not so good and you don't really like school you're kind of placed in a different box at the bottom and you're not really given as much attention so it's all just really really you know I think they need to rethink it basically and just if I had more power (laughs) and sadly I don't but if I had more power I would be going into schools and sitting these people down and just talking to them you know like look you know I've had psychosis I was only 15 you know I had to wait five years four years to get help you know but if you went into your schools and you sat your pupils down and said look it's really important that we do this assembly or we do this talk on mental health, you know, it might change lives. It might prevent other people from having, you know, not just psychotic episodes, but other illnesses as well. You know, there's loads of other, um, like mental health problems, loads of untalked about conditions, you know, and if they went in and just literally did like, even if it's one 
session. Obviously, I'd like it to be a lot more than that, but if they only had time for one session, you know, that might then, that might really help that person because they can go away and they can chat to their friends, you know, they can have discussions, work in groups, they can talk to their families, you know, it just, it it all helps, it all helps the awareness and that's why I really wanted to come mm-hmm. on as well and just yeah, help yeah. as well and talk to people. I think <laughs> kids, it's your teenage years like the most impressionable years of your life as well so if you're teaching kids to look after their mental health prioritize it speak up openly talk to their friends talk to their peers teachers whoever's around them then later later in life I don't think people have as severe mental health conditions or well not conditions because obviously some of them are hormonal and men like already inbuilt in people but people can obviously get mental health issues over time and if you're getting people to talk about how they feel openly and be in touch with their emotions and be more emotionally mature then I don't think there will be as many issues later down in the line because people are yeah absolutely yeah yeah yes because they already have the knowledge as well and knowledge is power that's one of the big sayings isn't it you know like if you know about something you can educate others but also you educate yourself as well and then that would prevent you from having the the illness. Well, it might not prevent it, but do you know what I mean? It would just sort of help help you sort of realise it earlier and then you would get the support, basically. So, yeah. Sort of going back into the psychosis and explaining sort of what you went through maybe a little bit more, you mentioned to me that yeah. you... Sle- your sleepwalking happened? Sleepwalking, yes, yeah. How, how, yeah. Did you, how did you find out you were doing this or, like... How how did this come about? Well, it's a bit of a hard one to sort of explain because obviously that's, that type of thing only happens in the height of it when it's really, really bad because it sort of controls you even stronger, even more because you're further down the line, you're really debilitated with it, you know, that type of thing. So it's the extreme end of it. Um, but part of this, like part of the psychosis for me I had like masses of trouble sleeping and I've never had that ever at all. Like I've re- always had a good routine. You know, I'm not on my phone till one in the morning. I go to bed sort of, I don't know, half nine, ten o'clock. My phone stays on the side. I'm not going through TikTok or Instagram, you know. Um, but because it was so bad, I couldn't sleep at all. And it literally, it's like it controls your mind. And because your mind's sort of always overactive, it's always controlling you, there's no switch off button, it doesn't turn off. I think it just sort of, this sounds really bizarre, but I think it kind of controlled me to do the sleepwalking because I wouldn't actively sleepwalk. Like, I'm not, I don't do that type of thing. So I think it controlled me. But like I say, that was when it was really bad. So, like, if, if people are having sort of mild symptoms, they won't they won't have that type of thing but it's one to watch out for if you know trouble sleeping that type of thing that's a big one that then for me turned into the sleepwalking so if you don't pick up on these little signs and symptoms they can then escalate into bigger things um but yeah i think it just controlled me basically um and there was one time i think i kind of remember right? it's weird because now obviously I'm on like medication and different things so I it sort of blocks out a lot of what it what it was what happened which I'm grateful for because it was a very dark time um and a lot of it I think I would be literally scarred for life if I could remember it because it was so bad 
Um, but there was one time and I was sleepwalking and I think I went into like, it must have been like my parents' room. And I just remember them being like, just like shocked out of their own skins. Like they were just sat up, like both upright, like, you know, trying to sort of communicate with me. But you know, when you're sleepwalking and like, you don't properly hear them because it's kind of like you're sort of sleeping, but you're kind of awake at the same time. It's a bizarre mix of that. So they were trying to like say, you know, what are you doing? Like sort of like really sort of not angry, but they were a bit sort of shocked and not really knowing what to expect and why I was there. And it, I just remember that. It's just the the look on their face and the, you know, just the kind of whole reaction to that. And that really sort of made me think, well, actually, this is really quite serious now because I could then remember it in the morning a bit more. And then it sort of made me realise, actually, this is quite serious now because I'm really scaring my own parents, like, who I really, like, care about and don't want to sort of, you know worry at all type of thing so it that was a key thing for me I don't remember any others because obviously the medication it it sort of blocks out a lot of it but that is a key one that I remember it's just yeah that it's a it's a really sort of bizarre condition to like describe to people that have never had it because I think if you've gone through it you only really have that real understanding then um but yeah, it's it that was a key sort of moment for me there where I just sort of remembered it and and realised actually how far gone it I actually was at that point because I was going into my parents' room in the middle of the night, sleepwalking, which I never do, you know, it's that type of thing. And it's it was worrying for me then at that stage as well, because it's like, you know, I'm starting to do things I would never, ever do, you know, and as well, like, my personality changed, you know, because usually I'm quite a quiet person, you know, I'm quite sort of easygoing, there's no conflict, there's no arguments, you know, I'm a bit of, like, a peacemaker, I like to sort of, you know, just keep everything quite neutral and calm, but, you know, when I had the psychosis, it was one of those, and you just sort of, it changes you, basically, you turn into something that you're not because it's it's in your mind, like it's in your brain. And they were sort of saying, well, you know, at some points you were sort of violent and resisting taking medication and things. And it was kind of, it makes you realise like how much it was consuming me because it was altering my personality completely to a different person that I'm not at all. Like if, you, if you'd sort of, if people know me now, they'd know that I couldn't be further away from what I was, you know, when I had the psychosis. So it just shows, like, how how it can take over, really. Yeah, that was a, a long answer, but hopefully that's helpful. <laughs> yeah, no, I was going to say, did you, is this, because you said it was, like, the peak when you were sleepwalking, is that when you were like, right, I need to get some help for this, I need to get better? Was it at that point, like when you started doing the sleepwalking and stuff? And also, were the hallucinations happening just in the evening, or was it like no, all no, through the no. day? No, no, no. They were throughout, throughout, throughout the, whole the day. Episode. Like in, they'd happen in the day as well, day and night. It was one of those sort of relentless things. It was a bit like, uh, again, the same with hearing voices as well. That's another big thing that um, will happen to you. You'll hear voices sort of in your head or maybe even in the room if it's really bad that you think are there but they're not there like 
Yeah. Um, sorry, I've forgotten the question now. <laughs> I also said, did you decide to get help when the sleepwalking started happening? Again, it's a bit of a hard one um, because I wasn't really um, like properly aware that it was psychosis and I actually needed help because it sort of took over. Do you know what I mean? Like, there wasn't really a point where I was sort of like, this is psychosis, I realise this now, I need to get help. Not at the time, yeah. Because I didn't know. That sounds really weird. Like, And the people listening will be like, well, you, if you know that it's psychosis, why didn't you do something sooner? But I didn't know because I was because I was so young. Like, yeah, at the time, like, I didn't know because I was so young. I wasn't educated. I didn't have the awareness. So yeah, I yeah, it's a it's a difficult one. I think eventually it just got so bad that I think it was my parents that actually made the call to a um like a um a mental health sort of a crisis team, like an intervention team, and they were the ones then that came. They had medication, like a newer medication that had sort of been developed like for like psychotic conditions and stuff. Um so they they actually were the ones that said she needs help now because it got to a breaking point and they were like we really need to sort of stop this we need to get our daughter back basically because they they say it's like they lost me it's like I was there but they lost me because you know it 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 changed me so much that it was almost like I wasn't their daughter because I was behaving in a way that was so unnatural and just wasn't me so it that I know that sounds really sad to sort of you know think about but genuinely that is what they say because I was in the same house and all this but I wasn't myself I wasn't communicating I wasn't happy you know I wasn't talking to them openly which I now do and did before you know it's it, it is really sad but that that is what what they say you know yeah so they they made the call anyway is the key point there and then after the intervention team um, I was then I had like regular appointments and um, I had as well like the cognitive cognitive uh, behavior therapy is it CBT yes I had that one yeah um, but that was online because of COVID and stuff but again that even even that helped me you know even with it being online even like because I think I didn't realize how much help I needed until I was intervened with do you know what I mean? Like, you don't realise sometimes how much you need that other person to say you need help until you've got through it. You know, it's that type of um, that type of thing. But yeah, um, I, I began to sort of get slightly better after the intervention team. But then from then it was a very long road of, you know, just recovering and talking to psychiatrists and different people um you know it lots of different tests were ran as well different things you know um but it it took ages it took it's taken about four years I would say to 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 get to a, a stable point you know and a lot of people I think may not believe that I don't know but it's it because it was so debilitating and so serious and it impacted me so much I've had to do loads of work to get to this this stage here and there's been amazing teams of people that have helped me you know um uh, the the crisis team the mental health teams they've all done a a really good job you know eventually like when I did get the help I was really grateful I do still have the slight sort of bitterness that 
you know, why did it take ages to get help? You know, the system needs to be locked up. But I have recovered and I am here now and I am grateful for that. So that is good. It's just I have that slight kind of um, not resentment. That's a bit much. But again, like bitterness, you know, just because I think if I'd have got help earlier, I might not have taken so long to be sat here now and talking about it. Do you know what I mean? Did You know, know, obviously your parents like were very supportive and in terms of getting you help, were there any people that you expected to, were there any people in your life that you expected to sort of be there and you sort of lost in the process of getting better? Because I know your your parents are going to be the people who are going to be the most supportive out of everyone in the world, right? Most cases. What, but sometimes friends friends can like drift away or not understand stuff or mm. you know not not in that support yeah group. that's what I was gonna say I would say I would say like I think especially because I was about 16 and that's probably about high school is it I think for me I thought my sort of friendship group I thought they would be there a bit more than they were because obviously friends are like they're really like vital for getting through school and all that so I thought they'd be there a lot more and checking in a lot more but I think it's only now that I can reflect and now that I'm older that actually I realise that like for some people to see their friends go through that type of thing it's a very scary thing and often they won't know how to approach it they won't know how to support them so maybe that's why they weren't there rather than just sort of like ignoring or in denial you know maybe that's why that you know they weren't there as much but it's yeah it's the lack of education yes again. I, I think yeah I'm gonna be they're gonna be sick of me saying that like at the end of this they'll be like oh thank god she's gone you know we can <laughs> stop the lecture about educating people on mental health in schools but generally like genuinely it's just so important it is like the key thing that if that was to be got right, it would stop all sorts of problems, you know. And it, I, I'm not, I'm not going to hold my hands up and say, you know, it might not fully pre- prevent the problem, but it would give people the knowledge, like we said, the power. You know, they would have that word of mouth. You've always got your friends. You've always got your family. You know, you can be talk to these people. They can talk to their people. Those people can talk to that group of people. You know, and it that's how these things get sorted it's not necessarily all these big petitions or facebook things you know sometimes it's simply telling your friend i listened to this today this is what i learned i think we should raise awareness i think that's really important you know so you 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 know you don't have to be this high up person with lots of power you can be a um you know, um, an average person, a young person, anybody, anybody can be raising awareness. You know, that's a key, a key thing as well that I hope people take away from this, this today. Um, because, you know, I was a normal person, I was just a normal girl, you know, and it happened to me, you know, and I, I, I really want other, other young people, you know, or even anybody, really anybody to, you know, get get the help basically because I know what happened to me when I didn't get the help. It's so. never too late to start talking about it and opening up to people. And I also think it's important if you're out there and you have children too to speak to them about their emotions a bit more and how they're feeling because I feel like that's so important. Yes, yeah, 
Yes, 100%, especially I would say in the younger, younger children. Start it as early as you possibly can because it, you'll be surprised at how much they can retain. They often say young children, you know, their brains are like sponges. That's a bit of a weird thing, but it is it is true. Like they take in an awful, awful lot. So if you were to say even to like a really young child, like, I don't know, they might be what, like two or three, you know, and you can just be simplifying it, but you could be still saying it. I think the key thing is just because they're young, it doesn't mean you don't have to say it. You know, it doesn't mean that they can't handle it. It just means you might have to simplify the language, you know, all of this. But I think like you say, start it young, basically. Yeah. You know, making them learn it through play, you know, or fun activities or getting their own little friends around, you know, having a little nice little play session outside and you could be saying well how are you doing and how's your friend doing and they could be saying oh I'm fine mum or I'm really tired mum you know and that even that is really good because you're getting them to recognize well how are they actually feeling you know so even if people listening you know they think oh I've got a you know a, a small baby or a toddler or a young child even if you know you think that they're too young to maybe understand please don't think you don't have to try it just may mean you have to adapt your language, you know, um, break it down, like I said, through play, through maybe like on, online, you know, maybe message them, you know, because it's, it's the modern way now, isn't it? You know, you like you, you text your parents and stuff to say how you're doing and all this. So even that, that would that would work. Um, but yeah, basically, even if you think they're too young, you know, please don't think you can't educate them is the point there and I'll stop there because I'll just carry on (laughs) yeah no no I think that's a very good point to make and to just reiterate from what we've been saying is I think everyone just needs to be a bit more open talking about stuff so that later down the line it's not bad that will only come from starting people young that actually kind of rhymes doesn't it that's quite good (laughs) before we close the episode have you like have you got any advice for anyone out there who may be like struggling to accept a mental health condition that they currently have or are experiencing do you have any sort of advice for that and how you've come to accept your yours I think I think the biggest thing for me there's no kind of magic thing you can do but the biggest thing for me was time time they say is really healing and I really believe that now that I've been through it you know it took me ages to recover several years in fact I think time and I would say be kind to yourself as well because, you know, your your body has been through a big trauma, a massive dark time, you know, and all you can do now is just give it the time to recover. I know that might, might sound really sort of cliche and all this, but genuinely, like I'm, I am speaking from experience when I say, you know, all you can do is just be kind, you know, be easy on yourself. You know, you've been through a really debilitating thing don't expect your body or you or your mentality to be able to go back to doing what you were doing before straight away because that won't happen so if you give yourself time you know be kind to yourself you know and for me as well the big thing for me was self-praise as well it just when I was going through it I had to sort of say well done for opening the book and reading a few lines because even that was hard when I had psychosis because I couldn't focus on it I couldn't I couldn't look at the words you know and I would do little things like that often and 
I'd be saying well done, you know, patting myself on the back, you know, clapping. And I know it's like the most ridiculous thing to do when you're 16, but genuinely, because I had to relearn all of these things, it really helped me. So I think if you're going through it and you're sort of coming out of it, but you're not quite recovered, the big thing is self-praise. Always say well done to yourself. Like even if it's a tiny thing, like getting up and not feeling negative, say well done because literally it can be that those tiny things and they all add up to to creating a a good mindset and rebuilding that so yes sorry that was a bit of a that's like four pieces of advice but um anyway it's fine I've just got lots and lots to say on it so I don't want to be just like trying to pinpoint particular things I want to be like giving lots of things so yeah self-praise and I would say time is the biggest thing as well and also kindness as well self-kindness yeah adding on to that from what I've experienced mental health wise I had like a really severe depression during uni and I think yeah being kinder to yourself is so important because you you've only got your own back at the end of the day like no one else no one else has yeah. like you need yeah. to be the only, ki- yeah, kind you're, and... only you know what you what you're going through and only you can sort of know yourself as well as you do and support yourself yeah absolutely yeah yeah so you don't want to be um beating yourself up every day and being harsh because that's that's going to do the opposite of what you want to want to get better so no. yeah um, and being also kind. as well yeah that will slow down recovery as well that if you think like that that's going to set back your recovery you know if you're doing things and then being negative once you've done them your, your recovery is going to take twice as long I think because I did the self-praise and I was trying really hard to relearn all of these positive things I think that's why I'm sitting here now because if I if I was waking up being all negative and harsh and punishing myself when I'd done things it would have probably taken about six years so it's you know it's a tiny thing but genuinely it really helps and I know it's ridiculous for people to be like saying well done when you've read a title of a book but it's when it gets that bad that's what you've got to do and I think it's knowing knowing what you've got to do to recover and thinking well actually you know if you know when I look back am I going to think oh you know I wish I'd done that or am I going to think well done you know I made the right decision there even though at the time it was ridiculous I actually you know wouldn't change that you need to think like looking back like when you reflect on it you need to sort of imagine as if you've come out of it and then sort of you know does that make sense that's a bit of a weird thing to say but you know like imagine what you would say about your experience after you've recovered and you don't want to be there like oh you know I wish I wasn't so negative every day I wish I wasn't punning punishing myself every day you know it's that type of thing you know yeah (laughs) I hope that helps people because that that helped me so I just thought I'd I'd share that yeah yeah for sure I was gonna also say that there's a book that I've read um called not so normal um, or no such thing as normal I think it is by Bryony Gordon and she talks about how if you feel like your mental illness is consuming you to remember to like detach it from you as a person like you're not your mental illness like it's just a small part of who you are as a person rather than thinking yes. like oh yeah, I'm that's, Charlotte that's and I'm really depressed. That's really important I think especially as well in in our society today we there's a lot of sort of labels and false sort of um stereotyping that happens you know so like I don't know luckily I didn't have any negativity but I'm sure there might have been some people that if I'd have said oh 
I've had psychosis or I'm on medication to prevent a psychotic episode, they might think, oh, you know, well, we'll stay away from you then, we'll avoid you. Luckily, I didn't get any of that. But, you know, it's that type of thing in our society, you know, if you suffer from one thing, you're this. If you have this, you're this. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of, you can't avoid it, you know, it's, and they're so, they're so negative and fixed, these, all these labels, you know, it's really bad as well. That's another thing that I don't like about the system as well (laughs) is there's all these misconceptions about people and actually until you talk to those who've lived through it you don't know you don't know you know you don't know their story you don't know what they're doing you know you don't know how they're feeling so please don't say you know negative things about them because it will just literally just bring them down even further you know they might they might not recover because of it you know they might think it's you know, true, you know, and when you're really ill, sometimes you do believe these things, because you've got nothing else to go on, so that's the other thing as well, so just be kind to people that are facing these things as well, because you don't know their story. No, that's a lovely note to sort of um, end the discussion, but before you go, um, is there any chance you could answer the question from the previous guest, which is yeah i'll have a go yeah <laughs> it's actually it's, it's a classic question so what three things would you take to you with you on a des- desert island oh god see i'm a bit funny i i don't tend to like these types of questions because i feel like you know you have to sort of i don't know everybody sort of answers with the typical things and it's really hard to come up with like stuff that are outside the box or that will impress the people listening type of thing like oh god um no just do whatever you think's best whatever you like and whatever yeah. you think's practical or whatever you whatever yeah. you want um because obviously like the obvious is stuff like your phone and all this but then i'm thinking well actually that might take away from the actual experience because you've got all your social media still there. And also, no, it, you might not have any signal. So if you're on a deserted island, that, I doubt there's true. any signal. That's so true. it's probably yeah, pointless. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to use it anyway. Yeah, so then it's not it's not really a useful item then, isn't it? You've got no signal and it's just there. So what can you do, you know? <laughs> People always say a mirror's good, right? A mirror because it can like reflect the sunlight and like start fires or you know get attention yeah i i'm not i'm not thinking like practical i'm thinking things that i might like to take rather than because i'm not overly like practical i probably wouldn't be there building a fire straight away i'd be there like sat and taking in the surroundings and being like oh i'm on a on a desert deserted island or whatever i wouldn't be like right let's find shelter which is probably quite bad because you probably should but you know, I'm I'm more of like a you know. Let's reflect. Let's take in the surroundings. You know, um, oh, I feel like I actually feel like I don't know because I was going to say like a journal or something to write in. You know, just so you can record the actual experience. But then you might need a pen, and that might be another item. I'm re- I'm thinking too much about this, aren't I? Yeah, no, I think yeah, definitely like something to record it in, like a journal. That might be quite nice because then you can keep it then and look back then. That'll be good. Oh, I actually think as well, like a like a Polaroid camera might be quite nice because it's not your phone, but it's still something and you can capture it. You know, you can be, that's a thing to do as well. You can be taking pictures and stuff and all this. And yeah, it's just a nice, a nice thing, isn't it? Because I feel like they're not used much anymore. I had one 
but it just kind of sits upstairs and doesn't do anything because I have my iPhone 13 and I use that instead. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, they're just really cool items, aren't they? Because how it comes out of the top and you can write on the little thing at the bottom, you know. So they're, they're quite nice, right? So I've got a journal and a Polaroid camera. What else now? I feel like I need to come up with a really good last item because they're, um, <laughs> they're setting the bar quite high. I think I'd take a water bottle. Oh, it's really hard, isn't it? It's actually quite a hard question, even though it's such a classic. Like you said, it is actually quite hard. Yeah, now I'd go for a water bottle because then you can like store water for like long periods of time if you find like a stream. Yeah. See, I think you're, you're way more practical than me. I'm being, I've been like journal, Polaroid camera, something to do. And you're like water bottle, you know, stay high all of this because i was gonna say like some kind of box to put all the the stuff in like sort of not like a mem well kind of a memory box you know just to put your pictures and your journal in and you know you could even actually like whatever if you wanted to leave it there and then if somebody else comes i'm turning it into like a story now but if somebody else comes they could like discover the box with your pictures and your journal and you might say you know this is what i did to um survive on the <laughs> on the island or something or this was my experience and then like the other person might know I don't know so yeah that out there just off the top of my head after a bit of thinking <laughs> what I can come up with so uh yeah so a, a box and a like a memory box and then the camera and then the journal as well <laughs> do you have a question that we could ask the next guest I do actually, I've thought about this and it links in quite well to uh, what we were saying earlier as well, like what's been sort of the main thing of this. So I've got here, I've written it down. So um, if you could choose one mental health topic that should be taught in schools or in a school, what would you pick and why is the question. Is there, thank you very much for joining me, by the way. Is there any, like anything you want to shout out, small businesses, your person, anything? personal social media or charities or anything um well i have i go to a really a really great college actually um and they're really good and i know that you know they they probably wouldn't expect any sort of uh anything like mention or anything so i go to Homefield college and they're in leicestershire uh, sort of mount sorrel area and they're just amazing they've been really really good at sort of helping me and you know, that's how I found sort of that I want to do marketing because I have a nice sort of work placement that I really enjoy and they're just really good there. The staff are amazing, you know, and they've been really helpful. So I just wanted to just mention them because I know that they wouldn't uh, necessarily expect that. Yeah, thank you very much for joining me. It's all right. I've really enjoyed it, actually. It's been great. I've just got to sort of ramble on and have a nice sort of therapy session myself. So that's been good. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening, if you have, and make sure to check the podcast description because there will be some resources there if you're currently struggling with your mental health. And I will see you next week for a brand new episode. Bye. Bye. <laughs>